0: Good evening and welcome to our Bible study. And this evening, we're going to look at Revelation chapter 20, starting to read at verse 11. Revelation 20, verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and the sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life, The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are are trustworthy and true. Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this passage of revelation that we're able to come and gather around it and we do it in your name and in your presence. And we ask your guidance uh, that you will speak to us through these, your words, through your written word and through the living word. And we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this passage that we've just read, um, I've actually headed this Who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? So that's our heading for this evening. And as we approach the subject of judgment, we must remember that the judge is God and it is his justice that is being administered. Now, we don't know the full extent of the damage that sin has caused. We know the remedy that was required in order to defeat sin. And it was so drastic that God became man he was despised and rejected by mankind a man of suffering and familiar with pain like one from whom people hid their faces he was despised and we held him in low esteem they were the words of Isaiah 53 and then when we come into the New Testament Acts 17 for he has set a day this is God when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed, he has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. So we know sin, death, and hell have been defeated, but we also know that justice must be done. But before that final day of judgment, we still have God's day of grace. This is the gospel so let's just remind ourselves of a few verses uh, from john from romans as we approach this subject this evening john chapter 5 verse 24 very truly i tell you whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged but has crossed over from death to life First verse in Romans 8, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then further down in verse 39 of Romans 8, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now we must consider these things and as we do, we must remember that in this life we don't know the full awfulness of the hold that sin can have on us or the fullness of the price that the Lord paid for us to be free or the greatness of God who can guarantee the freedom that we have in Christ. Let me just read a verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Now, Paul, in his letter to the church at Ephesus, gives us an indication that our understanding of these things is limited. Why? Because we are human. We can't claim to know things that are beyond our capability. We do, to some extent, identify with the physical sufferings that Jesus endured. You know, while, while we look at the cross, we, we can understand something of that. But the spiritual suffering during those dark hours, those hours when God turned his face from him, when he bore God's wrath, and when he suffered from the torments of the spiritual forces of evil, as all the sins of mankind were laid on his shoulders Now, from this perspective, listen again to these familiar words of Paul, words that will help us to see how little we know or understand about how much our salvation actually cost God. It's Ephesians 6, verse 12. We've referred referred to it quite a few times. But for this evening, think about it in this way. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities. Let's stop for a moment. Yes, we have the ability to understand this. You know, problems from rulers, those who have rule over us, against the authorities, those who make the laws and and govern us. We have the ability to understand this. But that verse goes on. What about against the powers? of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You know, this is beyond our realm of full understanding. But revelation causes us to be reminded of this, reminding us of, yes, the vast amount that we do know, but the greater amount that we don't know and we can't claim to fully understand. Now, we do have to know these things but we can only know them in the way that a child must know that by putting their hand in the fire it will burn them why do i say this well i say this because this passage that we're approaching it concerns both heaven and hell and both heaven and hell are realities we can't question god about these things that are beyond our realm of understanding So I want us just for a few moments to take a lesson from Job. You might recognise the title that we started with from that passage. Remember, we went through the book of Job. And in that book, Job questioned God. But in doing so, he never undermined God's authority. Now, God never gave him an answer to Job's question. But what he did, he challenged Job's ability. Ability to be able to understand the deeper things of God. When he spoke to Job towards the end of the book, he basically pointed out the vast things that God has created, and challenged Job by saying, "What do you know about this? You don't know anything. What do you know about that? You don't know anything. What do you know?" About? And he was showing the greatness of who he was, which also showed how small Job was and how small we are. And at the end of the book, Job said to God, you can read this in Job 42, verse 1 to 6, I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand. Things too wonderful for me to know. And you said, listen now, And I will speak, I will question you, and you shall answer me. And this is what Job said. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. We must recognize the authority of who God is. You know, Job's friends said a lot of true things, but they failed. They failed because they claimed to know the mind of God. They thought that they had it all figured out. But all they did was to come up with their own assumptions. And in that process, they ignored the sovereignty of God. You see, our finite minds are unable to understand the fullness of the grace of God. We can't understand the fullness of the wrath of God. We can't even understand the fullness of the love of God and the thoughts of God, of salvation and condemnation, vindication and judgment. These things are deep. And the reality is that the sovereignty of God is much greater than we can imagine. Now, the Apostle Paul puts it this way, He's speaking to the church at Corinth. It's in 1 Corinthians 13, it's verse 8 to 12. He says this of himself, Paul. He says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Paul, the great man, Paul, knew his limitations of understanding, where he had to trust, where his faith would kick in, he would believe, because he knew about the sovereignty of God. And we must learn from that, There will be a time when we will know things more fully, just like Paul said. But that time for us is still to come. And it's not for us to speculate without recognising and submitting to the sovereignty of God. So let's come to our passage for this evening. It's Revelation chapter 20 verse 11, starting with that through to 15. This is where we left off at verse 10 last time. And this little passage I've headed, perfect justice will be done by the holy and righteous God. So those verses we read earlier, Revelation 20, verse 11, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens, fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what they had done. You see, this is the great white throne. White speaks of God's holy and righteous position of authority. The one who sits on the throne is about to announce his judgment. There'll be no defense counsel here. No jury will be present. This is the final judgment at the end of world history. Earth and heaven have passed away and they will be replaced by the new heaven and the new earth. That's a great thought. But here the fact that John saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne tells us that the resurrection has taken place. The books were opened and one of the books that is opened is the Lamb's Book of Life. There is a difference between these names in these two books and we'll see that as we go through. The reference here to the sea could be symbolic. You know, the people of the Old Testament, we've mentioned this before, used the sea as an illustration of the realm of trouble and of evil. We see that in the book of Job and other parts of scripture. And here in Revelation, if we go back a few chapters, 13, verse 1, the dragon stood on the shore of the sea, and I saw the beast coming out of the sea. The reference here in Revelation 20 to death and Hades is referring to the activity and the dwelling place of the evil spirits. Let's go further back in Revelation to chapter 6 and verse 8. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse, Its rider was named Death, and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a court of the earth to kill by sword, famine and plague, and by the wild beasts of the earth. You know, this ability that they had at that time, this was an ability, but an ability that was limited by God. But now, here, we're reading this evening that that limited ability has been removed completely, and the time for judgment has come. Revelation 20, verse 14 and 15. Then the dead and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. You see, both heaven and hell are realities. and We can't question God about these things that are beyond our realm of understanding. Well, let's go to chapter 21 and let's look at maybe this evening just the first five verses. And we can have this in the new heaven and earth. But before we look at it, let me just read you a few verses from Romans. Uh, it's Romans chapter 8, verse 19 and 22. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. verse 1 and 2. And this is John speaking again now. He's seeing something new. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautiful, dressed for her husband. So we see this reference again to Being no sea. Now, I don't know if there will be a literal physical sea in the new heaven and the new earth. In scripture, the Jewish people saw the sea as being, as we've mentioned, a symbol of sinister things and troubling events. But on the other hand, the streams and the springs were seen as being symbols of goodness. What we do know from Revelation is that there will be no evil in the new order of things. We know the city will be a holy city. It's given the name here, the New Jerusalem, and it's personified as being dressed like a bride. So keep these thoughts in mind as we continue towards the end of Revelation. But for this evening, let's continue in chapter 21 and look at verse 3 through to 5. And before we look at that, let's have a word from the Old Testament, a word from Isaiah. There's so many passages we could look at here. But just to lead us into this passage, Isaiah 65, 17 17 through to 18. See, I will create new heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I will create, for I will create Jerusalem to be a delight, and its people a joy. Right, Revelation 21, let's look at verse 3 through to 5. John speaking again. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. He, they, they There will be no more death or no, no mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. So God's Dwelling places, the place where righteousness dwells, God himself will be with them and be their God. God himself will be with us and be our God in the new order. And in the new order, there's no more tears, no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain. And the instruction to John from the sovereign Lord, who is God, I am, is to write everything down. Let's just conclude this evening with this thought. What does the future hold? What does the future hold for us? Remember the two books, both with names in, but the two books were so different. Let me just quote one verse from 2 Peter. And we can consider this as we consider what we've looked at this evening. It's 2 Peter 3, verse 13. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. You know, (laughs) while I was doing this, I thought of a hymn by Samuel Trevor Francis. He lived in 1834 through to 1925. This was his wish, and he is now with the Lord. But listen to the hymn that he wrote. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, vast, unmeasured, boundless, free, rolling as a mighty ocean in its fullness over me. Underneath me, all around me, is the current of his love, leading onward, leading homeward to that glorious rest above. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus, Tis a haven of heavens to me. And it lifts me up to glory, for it lifts me up to thee. Oh, the deep, deep love of Jesus. Spread his praise from shore to shore. How he loveth, ever loveth, changeth never, nevermore. Let's pray. Father, we just acknowledge before you that we might speculate on some of these things like heaven and hell. But in reality, we don't fully understand them because we don't know your mind or your thoughts. But our Father, help us to trust in you and to lean upon you as we see you as the one who has the final authority over these things. And our Father, we just pray that those of us who are looking forward to that day when we are with you, and we will know more of these things fully, we'll know more of ourselves, we will know more of you, And we'll know more of your work, your handiwork. And our Father, we will know more of Jesus. And we just lean upon you now as we consider these things in the light of what you have said. And we do them in the name of Jesus. Amen.